too. about it i am ready to get hurt again chris the herons are back welcome to episode number 36 of the battered herons i am your host daniel granada alongside me co-host christian duran how are you doing sir better with a win for sure for sure we needed that we needed that first time in history that we won our first game of the year and yeah man to all that's outstanding that. But it, it's been a while since it's just me and you, Chris. I want to say since the – I want to say after the last loss, I guess playoff loss. Since then, we've yeah. had guests on for the World Cup. And over the last couple of weeks, we've had a guest on. So it's, it's kind of interesting to have just you here to talk to. Well, it's it definitely makes it fun for sure to have other people on, get other people's perspective. But I felt like coming back, you know, after this first game – with the way that the game went, I felt like it was a good time. I think that uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time tonight. Not, no, and luckily we do have people in the chat. So real quick, we got Lucas, vamos, of course. You know, I think my favorite yeah, part yeah. of that Sergi Kristoff goal was when I watched the replay that he walked. I think he went up to who was it? Was it uh, Joseph? And he yells out, vamos. And I'm like, okay, okay, Mr. Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see that. I was all yeah, he's loving feeling that. It. He's feeling it. And then we have Matthew clean sheet. That was my hope for this this game. I wanted to win, obviously, but, but the clean sheet was awesome to start off with a clean sheet. We only had five all of last season, so it was great uh, to see that. And then uh, Adrian, what a way to start the season! Again, beautiful. And my man Steve Munoz, what's up, fellas? I appreciate what you guys up? joining us. And um, I think everybody's in a good mood and excited to talk a little uh, soccer. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to get into the pregame right before the game got started there was like you know a couple of days before nobody knew where they were going to park because the yellow parking spot you know the, the lot was was taken or whatever we found out that it was going to be open i got there two hours early i had no problem parking i went straight yeah in. my understanding is that that lot got completely filled up yeah so, man. i mean they really packed it in which was awesome that stadium was rocking i hadn't seen yeah the only other time i've seen it like that was that orlando game we won four to one it, it was awesome but my thing is i haven't heard absolutely anything about the yellow lot for next saturday or the rest of the season yeah now if the biggest lot is closed and they packed it to the brim what exactly are they going to do moving forward well it's scary because i remember leaving the stadium and the orange lot looked like a place where I would rage and run into at least 45 vehicles because passing that area, it was a disaster. Was the orange lot open? See, I, I mean, I only focus on the yellow and then I know the green because we know a lot of people that hang out in the green. Yeah. I don't know any other lot. Well, I mean, uh, the orange lot is, is uh, it, it's basically, it's basically West of the stadium. And when I was going West to take, to take the, to get get on the turnpike it was it was a nightmare it looked like it was a nightmare getting out of that lot and you got to cross streets to get over there i mean it's a disaster and you know Steve no and, 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 and by the point. way Steve, 
Yeah, he's bringing up if they check the if they check the seat. The, the lady literally just finger gunned me right into the parking lot. <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay. So this is how it's gonna be this year, huh?" So even even though it was free for season ticket holders, and some other people had to drop thirty dollars for it, everybody Ooh. was getting in. And once the word got around, that's why that lot was so packed. That that part was, oh, yeah. like I said, packed. And I got there two hours early, so that wasn't an issue, but. Man, I heard that some people got there close to halftime because the line was so crazy to get in. Um, and then Esteban Dito just showed up. What's going on, Esteban? Uh, yellow pass, that was crazy. But the actual, um, what do they call the fan zone? That yeah. was always awesome. I, I love yes. the fan zone. They got the sunglasses. They got the games. Going out there with the kids is always fun. So I don't know. I don't know if you people in the green lot never make it over to the fan zone because it's on the other side of the stadium. But if you guys ever come out to a game, fan zone, it's awesome. Get there early enough. You get a bunch of free stuff, free drinks, and the Bustelo. We got some free coffee. What did you think of the coffee? Because for those of you that are new to the podcast, Chris and I have a little vendetta with the Bustelo because we feel like they need Abuelita serving the Bustelo, right? You need the, 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 the negative attitude and then the Spumita. And we don't get that with the Bustelo stand. We usually get other people, and it doesn't taste as good. What did you think? Well, I'll tell you this much. They really stepped it up because at least they got a couple Latin chicks that started making the coffee, and we even got on film. Eventually, they will be abuelitas. Yes, eventually, yes. Technically, they will be abuelitas at some point, but they were doing the espumita shake, right? So when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's on. It's the best it's the best coffee that I've had at Drive Pink that just this last game. Like even in the stadium paying for the coffee, it was worse than what I got for free at the fan zone. So guys, listen to Danny, go to the fan zone, get your free crap. You got backpacks they gave away, they gave away a bunch of towels. It it was dope. It was dope. Uh yeah, Gary McLaughlin. I think I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh McLaugh- McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh yellow lot is as big as green orange brown and purple combined without a doubt that's why i don't yeah. understand what they're gonna do if they can't figure this thing out with the city it's gonna be such a headache to park there this coming week because you're it gonna is. have to either park orange purple and i'm assuming those are gonna get packed up so what do you do do you park at you know those random factories that they have there or or the shopping malls that are nearby like I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. So I hope they figure that out. I still haven't heard anything from my rep. I sent an email and I haven't heard anything back. <laughs> but that's well, nothing guy- new for me, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not going to call out my rep, but that's nothing new for me. Unfortunately, my rep just doesn't get back to me with uh, necessarily the quickest of, of replies. Well, the tow, the tow trucks are going to have a field day that day. So if you're parked in a bad parking spot, guys... Look out for that tow truck because South Beach towing is coming right up your. And Matthew said there's free shuttles at the purple lot. I uh, maybe I have no idea. I do know that the walk from the purple lot to the stadium, according to Cali, that put it on his GPS was 22 minutes, which isn't that bad of a walk. I guess if any of you guys have ever gone to visiting games or road games over there in Orlando, I usually park on the right side heading north. Of I-4, I want to say it's I-4, and then you have to walk a good 20 minutes to the stadium. So I'm accustomed yeah. to walking to the stadiums. So it's not that big a deal for me, but I do know it's an inconvenience when you become accustomed to parking in the yellow lot. So, and uh, so you know, 
Uh, well, anything else about the fan zone or the parking lot before I get into inside the stadium? No, nah, let's go inside already. Let, let, let's get in there. Let's get all up in Drive Pink. And right. it was it was Liddy Liddy. We went into Drive Pink Stadium. And I go to the games with my wife, right? Season ticket holder, me and her. She loves the games. But she only loves the games if she can eat. She's the foodie. Yeah, and man. And she was very happy this past Saturday. They brought back a lot of food trucks. We had the Colombian food truck back. I want to say it's Cuba Parse. I want to say it's what it's called. Right when you go into the, uh, do I want to say entrance number two, you go to the right. It's a green truck. Awesome food. They have the Colombian hot dogs. They got the Colombian burgers. They had uh, the, the, the fried plantains. Anybody that wants to get good food and watch soccer, they stepped it up with the food trucks this year. They had that. Yeah. They had, some, uh, they had a Venezuelan food truck that I think you passed by. I yes. want to know if they had the pink arepas. Nobody's been able to confirm this, but if it's a Venezuelan-specific food truck that's there, for Joseph, maybe, I want to know if they had the pink arepas and they had the Mexican one, which I know you ate at. Yeah. I mean, look, the Mexican food truck, is that's gold. Like, there's you get, you get the quesadilla there, the steak quesadilla, guys. Don't fuck up and try to get chicken and stuff. Get the steak quesadilla, okay? Don't play games. The chicken games. one's good, too. Nah, the steak quesadilla is where it's at, okay? But that Colombian food truck, I remember that one game that I went with you guys two years ago. It was there. But then when the season started last year, the burger truck replaced that Colombian truck. So I said, ooh, that's, not, that's no bueno. But then this year they brought it back, and I'm thinking, oh, man, that's that's going to be fire stuff. And the Venezuelan truck, that's going to be next week. I'm bagging that stuff. If you're vegan, Steve, I don't know, bro. Yeah, you know. see, you, you, let me tell you something about Chris. Chris is quick with his insults. He was about to insult the hell out of you, Steve. No, and then he twice I about was it. not. I wasn't going to insult a- anybody. Look, everybody's got their way of living and eating and stuff. Listen, I wanted to try vegan at some point, but... You know, There's nothing uh, wrong with vegan. Uh, All right, and Gary's giving you props for pronouncing this game correctly, his name correctly. Yeah, so I man. guess it was McLaughlin. Good job, McLa- McLaughlin. Mm. All right, so food trucks, great. Bustelo, halfway decent. Still need the abuelitas. I guess we have future abuelitas. Does that count? Are we okay with that? Yeah, it tasted good. Yes, it, it did. was all right. And then the yellow parking lot, it was okay this past week. But if it's not there next week, that's going to be a whole other issue. Are we ready to talk about the game, Chris? Yeah, man. I, l- listen, listen. It was amazing to be able to walk into the stadium finally for the first game of the season. The 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 energy was insane starting the game, which I want to I mention that. The atmosphere was lit. It was wild. Like, supporters came out and... Full, full madness. Uh, I looked across from us, and the supporter section was completely packed, which I'm going to be posting a picture of that uh, tonight so you guys can be able to check it out, at least from our perspective. And, dude, I I haven't felt something like that since last year against Orlando, like you mentioned. I mean, it it is the home opener. It's like you mentioned. Is this a one deal thing? Yeah, we had a lot this, of Benzema this, random jerseys, and we had yes. some random Mbappe jerseys walking around, which was like, whatever, as long as they're there, I guess. Yeah, and then the kids vaping there in front of us with a stupid Benzema jersey. Like, what are you doing, guy? 
Why are you hating on the vapes? Because, man, he gets away with that kind of stuff. I can't pull a cigarette out and just light it up in the stands. But he gets we, we've to, been to the, smoke if, if little, you go to the North Stand, I bet you can. I, I mean, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> this guy gets to pull out his little fag vape, like, blah, 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 you know. I mean, I get it. I vape before, too, so, but whatever. That kind of got me upset. Now, before before we keep going, I, I a lot of people in the chat are bringing up the food, so I feel like it's necessary to, to address some of the food here. Adrian, the Venezuelan food truck was good. The burger with bacon and everything on it hit the spot. Didn't see any pink arepas, though. I still oh, no, but Adrian, Adrian's got me. I, and I ran into Adrian, dude. That dude is cool as shit, man. Next time, Adrian, we're meeting up at the Venezuelan spot, and I'm getting that same burger that you just mentioned. Now, uh, something that somebody just mentioned that I, I lost a comment, but somebody said no more Wendy's. And I didn't realize that until I just read that. They used to have a big Wendy sign on, on, on that. And I completely, that wasn't there this time. I guess that's no longer a sponsorship. And I haven't heard anything about Papa John's either. So is that no longer a sponsorship either? Like, Ain't nobody getting pizza half drunk. off anymore. No. I, you know what it is, though? It's not a smart business decision anymore. Because Inter Miami is going to win a lot more games this year. Yeah. So they're going to be Papa losing John's, money. Papa John sucks anyway. Who eats that crap? Who eats those top fives? The Domino's, the Pizza Hut? Like, get out of here, guys. Get some real people, pizza. People in Miami. Ah, whatever. Go get some real pizza, guys. All right. So, on to the game. Now, while we were eating some of our food, we Chris came up to me. He ran up to me, actually. And he's like, did you see this? And as my camera completely dies out on me, he's like, did you see this? And I was like, what happened? He goes, Campana's not playing. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. What a blow to my confidence before the game even gets started. Now, I kind of figured that Coco would get the start because I figured he was going to be the one that, that subbed out for Joseph. That's terrible. And we'll get into how that ended up benefiting us in the long run. But I'm starting to get a little concerned about Campana. Like, I know he's not Robbie Glassleg, but you have to get a little concerned that Campana is <laughs> constantly getting injured, no? Like, how are we feeling about Campana? Well, I mean, look, for me, it's at least from my perspective, I think it's definitely concerning because you're investing a lot into him and his future with the team. And last year, what, he didn't play like half the season, right? So here we are, we're, we're, we're putting not just a monetary investment, but we're, we're essentially like, you know, putting him as the face of the franchise kind of, right? And if yeah, he's already sure. out, if he's already out on the first game, you know, it's a little bit of a concern, especially considering that he's had all off season to get into shape. You know, that's the biggest concern. It's not about the fact that he just got injured. It's about the fact that this is the first game of the season. That's the scary and I'm with part. Matthew. Matthew said his heart dropped when he heard Campana was, I was about to say Campapi. It's Campapi, Campapa, Campana, you guys are. Uh, I thought the same. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah. but I heard it's nothing big. He'll be back next Saturday. He might be back next Saturday, but we don't know how long he's going to last because two of the worst injuries are calf and hamstring injuries. Those oh, yeah. linger. He's going to have this injury for at least the first half of the year, at least, and it's going to keep flaring up. So I'm not necessarily feeling all that confident. When you tell me that he has a calf injury, I'm like, that's it. We're going to see a lot more Coco for sure, or we're going to see a lot more uh 4-3-3 maybe with two wings and then joseph up top because i doubt they're going to stick with the two striker system if campana is consistently out now yeah. don't get me wrong i don't think 
Coco played a horrible game. But, you know, the reason that they went to that four, that four, four, two was because of Campana and Joseph. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, to me, and, and you know what? This is a perfect time to be able to try to see who's going to be that third striker because that third striker can possibly come on and start. Coco Jean is not that guy. I don't think that he's that guy. I've told you I don't think he's that guy. He played okay. All right. I do like his aggression. Let me tell you one thing that I wanted to mention about the game, and I guess we'll get into it when we start talking a little bit more in detail. But I love the aggression that the players played with. And one thing that I got to give credit to Coco for is he played better than I expected, and he played more than five minutes. So I'll take that any day of the week. But you've twice been very un- you've been very unfair with Coco all year. I long. have been super unfair. I mean, what? Like I said, this guy last year couldn't get off the plane, played like five and a half minutes. So, and if you notice throughout the preseason, you start to see, hey, this guy's really doing well. And then now he starts the first game and he does a pretty good job. I don't think that he played like lights out, right? But, I mean, he did okay, right? He's not a boppy. And I'm with Adrian. I, I understand that at some point, sometimes it's freak accidents, but... We get a lot of injuries during training yeah. sessions. Didn't Ian Frey get injured during a training session last year? We well, had Noah Allen doing... go down. Uh, what what yeah, do they got I them mean, doing? I, I don't know. I think they're like playing Royal Rumble, like in the middle of the field. <laughs> they just set up like a they set up like a ring of death, and the last yeah. one the the last one that lives is, is apparently Coco John. I definitely do think uh, Lucho Lalo asked if if we think that Campapis against Philly is necessary. Oh my uh, god. I, you know what? Yeah. I I do. I do. I think that although yeah. we put put up two, I think there were a lot of moments where it almost looked like we had a hard time finding that person that was going to finish inside that final third. Yeah. Um Joseph, I think Joseph doesn't look bad, but I don't think Joseph looks like Joseph. He had a lot of he had a difficult time connecting with a lot of his passes. I remember he was trying to catch Riedlin out on the right flank once and then he he over uh he overpassed it way ahead of him he had a couple mishaps and i was kind of surprised but i figured it's going to take him some time to get used to it i think campana is yeah. necessary there to beat a team like philly montreal although it's awesome that we beat them although they were returning eight starters out of 11 i don't see montreal as like a real serious threat in the east they might be better than some people think maybe but i don't think they're a serious threat so i wouldn't get overhyped about the way we looked against them and i i definitely do think campana it would be nice to have him back for Saturday. No, nah, that's going to be critical. That's for sure going to be critical. I mean, look, here here we are. We're hoping that Campana is going to be able to make this royal entrance, right, against I'm, – I'm hoping that he can be able to play against Philly because I think that it's going to be absolutely necessary. I don't think that we can go against Philly putting in Coco Jean or Lasseter. I mean, I'm hating on Coco. Hey, listen, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, speaking Look, about Coco, speaking about Coco, what did you think about the first half of the game? Like, what what, what are okay. your thoughts on it? I am going to tell you about the first half, but just real quick to what Adrian said, we definitely need him against Philly that just put up four goals. I watched that Philly game just to see what they were coming at, and we're going to have – we're going to be back on on Wednesday with uh, a guest from – oh, man, I forgot their podcast name. I feel bad. I think it's called the Free Kick. It's a Philly Union podcast. They're going to come on so we can preview that game. But I will tell you, 
two of those goals were were really crappy penalties that yeah. like it was like hit or miss. Maybe they should have gotten the penalty kick. Maybe they shouldn't have. Now the two goals they did score were fucking beautiful. That second goal by Julian Carranza right before he got it, this kid Torres did. It's a it's an and one mixtape type goal. You have to go it and is, check it out. It is. And yeah. so I, I yes, I understand that they put up four. Necessarily wasn't an impressive four, but um, but yeah, it's definitely gonna be a, a challenge. Now back to uh this past weekend. The first half, I think the scariest part, I think we pretty we played pretty well the first half, but that Drake giveaway, that Oof. right there was terrifying because yeah, was. that's what you're scared of when you have Drake back there. Oh, now yeah. Let me preface this by saying, and we'll talk about it maybe later on. I think Drake was the man of the match. Oh, but yeah. I understand not giving it to him if you want to point out this one mishap that should have led to a goal. But it was a one-on-one opportunity for Montreal, and then Drake yeah. saved. So that was, was troubling. But for the most part, I thought our the team overall was moving the ball well. I think we missed some opportunities. I thought the, on the final third, we had some chances. But I felt like we, we just... The chemistry just didn't seem to be there, at least for me. And with Joseph, he just didn't mix well. And then Pizarro had Joseph. He was cutting in behind, and Pizarro holds the ball way too long. He just misses cutters all the time. And it kills yeah. me sometimes. And I know a lot – I don't want to get on Pizarro too much because I honestly truly believe that if – wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought I heard something. So I want to truly believe that if Pizarro, for example – wasn't Pisado, right? If it was a different name on the back of that jersey and he was a brand new player, after game one would have looked like this kid has potential. He's not that bad. But because oh, yeah. Pizarro is Pizarro and he has the past that he does with us, I look at him and I'm like, he's still playing the same. He's still making the same mistakes. So I don't think he played poorly, but because I'm already used to the mistakes that he makes, I'm expecting them. And when I see them, they frustrate me. So it's almost like an unfair analysis that I have for him because I understand that he didn't play horribly. But when he does make errors, I'm frustrated because it's kind of what I expect from him already. Well, I think it, I think the problem is is that he's a DP, so he's being looked at as give me DP stuff, right? Like, show me why we're paying you so much money, and why you hold one of the three most important spaces on this roster. I mean, unfortunately, for good or for bad, right, the mistakes in the past by the organization le- led us to now we have Bizarro and we're like basically telling him, hey, you got to show up or show out, you know. And, 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 and to be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch Bizarro myself, but he didn't really disappoint me this game. He was hustling. No. He was fighting for balls. He was playing he was good with the ball. He he. He stayed he stayed with the ball a lot less than I anticipated. But the one thing that really that really was was great for me and what I thought was uh what was was a shining light in this game is that the intensity of this team was and I mentioned it to you like 15 minutes into the game. I said, man, it's 15 minutes. These guys are rocking, bro. And I I, I don't I don't I don't want to say I never but I feel like I didn't see that intensity for such a long period of time in games. I felt like for the most part in the game, they had a lot of lot of activity and their passing was great, which I thought they had more possession. But Montreal had 55% possession over the 44% that uh, Miami had. For and the I, game or for the half? Uh, for the half for the game. Well, wow, surprising. I didn't. I didn't think that either. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, for the game, they had 55% p- 
possession, Montreal. And I didn't consider that. I thought that Miami had more possession than Montreal, but I guess I uh, st- statistics show show otherwise. Um, you know, I thought that their passing was 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 decent, not the best. It's the first game, uh, but for the most part, I felt like they were rotating the ball around pretty well, and and uh, and a lot of players showed out. A lot of players showed look, out. Look, I, I, who impressed you the most out of the eleven? Do you know what? Out of the the newcomers, out of the newcomers, who impressed you the most? Listen, the the guy that impressed me the most is Negri. Yeah, Negri okay, is the guy that, also. Yeah, Negri is the one that really, really man, he stepped up, dude. He stepped. Yeah, he was all up. over the place. Yeah, he was on defense. He was on offense, running back and forth, and it's kind of the same as what we kind of anticipated from Noah Allen. But at the same time, you could tell that this guy's experience. You could tell that he really wants to, you know, distribute the ball. But then at the same time, he's not afraid to rock it. He he mm-hmm. he tried a long shot at, at some point yeah. in the first half. I I believe. No, it was in the second half. In the second. Yeah, half. it was in the second half, and That's it was right. on target too. Oh yeah, no. That and let me tell you, that makes me happy because that means that Jean Mota is going to take less of those, and he's going to take <laughs> more of those. So. Hey, I just re- I want to give a quick shout out to Sigmund Judge. He said he watched his first game in the UK this weekend. He nice. loved that he was able to to follow the league. Uh, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I, I think that's going to be the and we're going to get into the Apple TV stuff in a bit. But I'm really glad yeah. to see that around the world, especially when Messi gets here, that people could just go ahead, download that app, and just watch games. That's that's awesome. So um, I was with you, Negri. I thought was the most impressive of all the newcomers, even though Kristoff, yeah. man. I love watching him because he seems so calm. When they were yeah. pressing him, it's like I remember there was a point where he was off to the right side of Drake and they, they had two men running at him. And in a case like that last year, Lowe would have sent it, right? He would have completely kicked it out of bounds just to yeah. live to fight another day. And you know what? I would have been like, okay, good job clearing the ball. Let's live to fight another day. Boom, corner kick, whatever it may be. And I wouldn't have been upset with it. But not Sergi. He went and he no, just did yeah. a little flick over the two defenders. Boom, got it to Yerlin, and they were off and running. And it's like he's man, about that life. He is so calm under pressure that it's refreshing. Yeah. It's refreshing to see. And I feel so good having that guy back there. Gregory, I thought was a bulldog. He was cutting yeah. passes in the in the box. I felt like overall the eleven. I can't say there were there was anybody that I that I was necessarily upset with or that I thought played a bad game. Maybe they didn't play great, but I don't think anybody necessarily played poorly. Maybe somebody in the chat might disagree, but that's how I feel. How do you feel? At least in the first half overall, what do you think, Chris? Well, I mean, I think if we're going to try to see who played poorly just out of the starters, I think that that Academy Award has to go to Jean Mota just by default, right? Because, like, he didn't really have any outstanding moments in the game, right? You You know what I didn't notice about him? He complains what? a lot. Like he's constantly bitching at his teammates. And I didn't realize that until Saturday. Oh. That's no bueno, he, my friend. That's, that's a little Iguainish, no? Well, yeah. And and the one thing about Kristoff that you mentioned is and and I love the way that Kristoff and McVeigh played together back there on mm-hmm. defense. They both were very composed. And and now that you get a chance to see McVeigh play with a a really a pretty good center back like it's 
it's like you said, it's comforting to know, hey, we, we got a pretty solid, you know, center back core there. And then you got, you know, Yedlin, who is Yedlin, right? I mean, he's running up and down trying to make something happen. I mean, would you give him the the the, the player that didn't, you know, I guess uh, I'd square give up the in your man. eyes? The Midland, like what everybody is saying? No, that's Matthew. I think he might have coined that, the Midland. I had never seen that before. I just saw it in the chat. He was uh, he was meh. Like he didn't do anything to necessarily make me make me go crazy upset, but at the same time, he didn't do anything outstanding. I guess he was solid. Uh, I mean, I guess I could say that. Um, like Negri to me stood out on the left. We had the clean sheet, and honestly, like I said, Drake was the player of the match in my eyes, even though Christoph got it. Which oh, look, I can't argue that necessarily all that much either because he had a great game. But again, first half ended one zero because Christoph got that goal. Now, who had that on their bingo card? Look at look at look at this hot take by by Matthew. That is, is a really tremendo hot take? hot take. That shit is steaming, boy. For those of you, for those of you on audio, uh, Matthew in the chat said Joseph didn't do too much. To be honest, with a, with the yeah. hands up, like uh, I'm just saying, guys. Yeah, I mean, he had a shot um, from outside the box. Didn't do too much with it. Like I said, I, I thought he had a hard time connecting his passes. When uh, he had some outlets out on wide, he tried to catch Yedlin out wide, couldn't connect. But I don't know. I, I I don't want to be too hard on Joseph just because. And maybe Neville said it because he knew that we that people would take it easy on him once he says that he's not necessarily fit. But as soon as you say that, I'm like, okay, he's not fit. Let me give him some leeway. And and it yeah. worked because that's how I'm thinking. I'm like, he's, he's not necessarily fit. So I'm, I'm okay with Joseph. Uh, Stefanelli, Stefanelli, dude, that guy, it, he's, he has like a, a, a metal lung where he just, just keeps going. And it's like, it's crazy. Stefanelli is crazy yeah. energetic. Now he's not a Pozuelo, a 10, no, but Pozuelo didn't run around like, like Stefanelli does. He didn't trap yeah. back on defense. Stefanelli was everywhere to the point where he cramped up and had to leave the game. Yeah. Like, I that, think that that's, makes that's how much he ran. I think that makes up for his lack of the Pozuelo effect. The fact that he's so active and willing to run back on defense and then try to still create plays. I mean, obviously you'd want, yeah, I mean, of course you'd still want that sort of point guard, you know, 10 out of Pozuelo. But I mean, at this point, like beggars can't be choosers guy. He, he's not with us anymore. And we got to hope that Stefanelli, you know, shows up and shows up big, which talking about showing up big, you know, talking about the second half, second half, we had a couple changes that happened during the game. Uh, you know, I mean, we had a bunch of people on the bench. We had uh, we had uh, Borgelin, he came Duke. off the bench, Bryce Duke. Uh, Bryce Duke came in on the 62nd minute. Uh, you know, Borgelin came on the 68th minute with Lassiter that came in for Coco Jean. Uh, you know, we had all five, all five substitutions made in the second half. We had Franco on last week, and Franco told us he does not believe that Bryce Duke has proven or earned a shot to start at the 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think Bryce Duke is our number 10. And I know get he's still not going to get it. I, I know it's still going to be Stefanelli. I get it. And Bryce Duke's going to get the sub minutes. But I'm sorry. Every time I see Bryce Duke, I'm thinking to myself, how do people say that this guy is in a 10? Bryce Duke is dropping dimes. 
He's out here he dropping did. straight up dimes. I, I I think that Duke needs to be given that opportunity. Now, Stefanelli went down with a cramp. I haven't heard anything about it afterwards. I don't know if it was an actual injury or it was just a cramp. But if Stefanelli's out, I don't want to see Pizarro at the 10. I don't want to see anybody, Coco at the 10. It better be Bryce Duke. Stefanelli, if you want to put him at the 10, as much as I dislike it, go ahead. Fine. I won't argue that. But if Stefanelli ain't playing, that shit better be Duke. Yeah, I mean, Stefanelli, they probably just put him in like a tour. They probably put him in like a chamber and then just release him like a robot. So he should be fine. Uh, but Duke, it Duke is him. And and oh. he also almost did have that volley, Adrian. Sure. I no, mean, but, but, that was, you know that was then he doesn't to shoot according to danny that that the, <laughs> anybody that's been listening to this show since last summer will know that i love bryce duke almost as much as anybody else but i hate bright duke shooting and i know that that is your number 10 so he needs to be able to finish here and there but bryce duke is one of the worst finishers i ever seen in my life I've never seen it happen. He has one goal last season, and I want to say that he was wide open. Like, the kid can't finish. If you remember that Open Cup match when it was the penalties, go ahead. Everybody has the Apple TV app now. I don't know if they have Open Cup games on there. If they do, go ahead and watch that. Watch Bryce Duke take that penalty kick. By far, one of the worst taking penalty kicks you'll ever see in your life. The kid can't Probably finish. like MLS history. What do you think? I mean, look, one thing that I do got to say is he's a point guard. Right, Adrian's yeah, out man. here. He's yeah, a Adrian, Adrian's out here. He's in the chat. He's got too many moves. Adrian says that not even his teammates can keep up. I mean, this kid is this kid is 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 a point guard. And then we got Steve Munoz kicking in. You know, this I think is gold right here. You are on the money, Steve. Having Duke start and Stefanelli replacing Coco in the starting lineup. Get Coco out of here. Get Franco out of here. Franco. You don't know what you're talking about with Bryce Duke. I understand the opinion, but but on top of that, downtown Peter Brown loves Bryce Duke, and he had look. Franco on, which, I mean, everybody's got their opinion. Look, and Franco's right. He needs to see more, right? You want to see more out of Bryce Duke. I'm hoping that Bryce Duke's going to have the opportunities. Luckily, he got in pretty early with 30 minutes to play in the game. So, you know, only time is going to be able to tell for the kid. Now, I, I didn't see it, and it's my fault for not checking beforehand. Was Robert Taylor on the bench? Oh, um, Robert Taylor was not on the bench. Hmm. Robert I, Taylor I was not on the I, bench. It was, I, um, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I did a poor job. I, I completely realized that I didn't check to see what the issue was with Robert Taylor. Maybe somebody in the... He was getting his, the, uh, he was getting his visa. He was... He was getting his visa, so that's why. Lucas, thank you. And no, Bryce Duke is still worse. But that's another person I have an issue with. Lucas just brought up Lasseter. Lasseter, the dude. He doinked it right off the last, He doinked it off the woodwork does. this last game. And let me tell but you that something. that was a hard angle, off, though. Nah, get out of here. He got, if that it was, wasn't for that, he would have hit it off a defender. He's done that on several occasions. <laughs> we There was a game last year where it was just a defender with his hands behind his back, right? Because he can't touch it with his arms. So all he has to do is just throw his legs. And I promise you, if he would have attempted to hit the defender instead of scoring a goal, he would have failed. Because it was that difficult 
to hit the defender in that open goal. But he hit it right at the defender. He does this consistently. He just misses go late goals. I, I don't understand how he does it, but it's like almost guaranteed. I, I feel for Lasseter because it's like he does everything right until that very last moment where he just has to get the ball inside the back of the net. But there's a benefit to that, at least this past weekend. Because if he scores that, we don't have that awesome story. What story? Of course, yeah. That, that Borgeland story. Yeah. Look, when we signed him and we got his homegrown rights and then we signed him to the first team, I thought it was cool. I thought he would get in there for the Open Cup. He would have his chances here and there. I would have never thought that he would get an opportunity to play the very first game. And if Campana doesn't get injured, he doesn't play probably because Coco's coming in as the, as the replacement for the striker, right? So he got in because of Campana's late-game injury. He got in, and, man, that was so awesome. Even though he missed that first shot, he got that second one. And what an awesome story. I don't know if you saw him in the locker room afterwards talking to his teammates about how, how special it was for him that he got that opportunity and how he never yeah. thought that he would actually get to make it to the MLS, much less start in the first game of the season and score in his debut. Yeah. I, I thought that was an awesome story. And thank you, Lasseter, for sucking. Because if it's not for you sucking, <laughs> then he doesn't get that opportunity. Well, and for sure, he's he took advantage, full advantage of the opportunity that he had. I mean, and the best part is, is that finally, finally, he was able to get on the field his first time and actually score a goal. Because the first goal by Kristoff was kind of like a chest bump into the goal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Borgelin kicked it right in. I mean, after like two attempts, but still, <laughs> he, you know, Look, he, he, he got, got it. it. He got it right in right after. Yeah. And let me tell you, that's a big boy. Like he, there was, they were having issues. Yeah. Keeping him. They were constantly fouling him because that's a big boy. You know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of that kid, DK, that used to play for Orlando. Uh, I think that was before you yeah. started watching, Chris. I don't think you watched Orlando, but he's playing out in the EPL now. I don't know if he's in first division or second, but that's a big boy. And DK, he reminded me of DK immediately when I saw him out there, the way the CBs were trying to basically tackle him down. There was one that they did right in front of Neville. Neville lost his mind. Uh, I, I think he's going he's gonna to do great. And and actually, that, and uh, I hadn't really thought about the fact that La Cava, we didn't get to see him. I always thought that we would see him before we ever saw a board game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. To be honest, I thought we were going to see... I thought we were going to see him before Borgelin. I thought that they'd probably put somebody else up at the top other than Borgelin. I thought maybe they put up Lasseter, especially with how often Lasseter has been playing like the attacker position with the team lately. It's only based off the fact that they've been putting him up there, right? I'm not saying that this guy is the the key in this no, situation, but I mean that's where he's going to play. We don't play with wings, so he's going to be the striker for sure. Yeah, and let, let's talk about the sixth guard right here, right? Let's talk about Drake a little bit because it's funny. We mentioned that he had the mishap, but his mm -hmm. goalie skills came through in the clutch to block the shot right after. And then, you I mean, we saw it. From our seats in the second half, they're, they're playing defense on our side over mm -hmm. on the south side, and mm -hmm. he was all over the place. Spider-Man. I... Look, I understand why they gave it to Kristoff because he had a solid game defensively and he scored a goal. I get it. And I understand that Drake almost cost us a goal. But he stopped and saved, I want to say, like four shots that should have been goals. If yeah. he doesn't get those, we don't win. Like, yeah. to me, he was the man of the match. And, and again, I, I get it. And I'm glad that Christoph got it because I think it's cool first game and everything. But Drake yeah. was the man of the match. That guy, 
it, it yeah. almost has me a little worried, honestly, because I'm like, okay, that's great. We got a clean sheet. But it's like, man, Drake had to stop a lot of fucking balls that yeah, were like he did. one-on-ones. Look, I thought Negney played a great game, but he let one of the Montreal defenders get in behind him, and it was a straight one-on-one against Drake out on yes. the right side. And thank God Drake got that block, but that was the one mishap that Negri had. He just let yeah. him get straight behind him. Him and Mota were caught sleeping. But but Drake is a wall, and I, yeah. I couldn't be any happier. Neville says that he hopes that one day he can get onto the U.S. men's national team. And you know what? If he keeps playing like this, I wouldn't oh, doubt I that believe he can. It. I believe it. I believe it for sure. Yeah, and 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 so yeah, I mean the particular one one on one was pivotal. You know, just like what Sigmund's mentioned right here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, you're you're really seeing the investment. Not only, I mean, of course, we talked about the investment in Campana, but the investment that we have in Drake Calendar. I mean, you're seeing the fruits of the labor there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nick Marsman's out here making gajillions of dollars sitting on the left side of the bench. And then here's Drake Callender playing super humble. I mean, he's blocking everything. But that's how you know that Drake is that guy. Because when you have he a player, guy. a goalie, when you can only play one goalie at a time, when you have a goalie making that kind of money that Nick Marsman is, and they still decide to keep him on the bench, you know that Drake is that guy. Because usually they, yeah. they run with the big bucks. We're, we're investing this much money in you. You got to play. But Drake has proven that he is – look, he was top three last year, even though I think Gaga should yeah. have been there. But because he was going to go off to the, to the English Premier League, they decided not to give it because that's the only reason. Because he was the best goalie in the league last year. I'm sorry. It wasn't anybody else. It wasn't Blake or anybody. It was yeah, it was Gaga. But um, I, he, he was technically top three last year. And, and I think that this year he has a serious chance of, of being goalie of the year here in MLS. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. And and then so we go from from one good player to the next, right? Where Negri, uh, to you, your opinion and my opinion, Negri played fantastic, but he got hurt. Always, but like yeah, I, I've only watched him play twice, right? The last preseason yeah. game and now, and I feel like he's on the floor grabbing at his legs consistently. Like I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared that this guy. Is gonna be Robbie Robinson the second, and because he he seems like he's constantly getting injured. Every time I see him, he's limping. It's like my guy walk up straight, like it's scaring me, and it's scaring me more than anything because we don't have any depth at left back, right? Unless Harry this guy, plays, plays. no, Harry Neville plays right back, and don't yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, McVeigh yeah. the left back because no. if McVeigh goes to the left back, then we gotta settle for Mabika or Sailor, and no knock to them, but. I don't want to see them starting consistently. Like I, I, I want, I want McVeigh to be our center back, and I, I want yeah. Negri to stay healthy. But it, it is concerning how often he's complaining about being hurt. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like what Steve is saying here, right? He's the Punisher, hard to take down, right? Unless this guy's like the Denzel Washington of uh, of soccer players, where he's the greatest actor of all time, just trying to get get the refs to pull out yellow cards, like if. Uh, like if they're cookies, but you know, he was going down a lot. He was favoring his legs a lot. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it could just be that he's been playing a lot. He's been putting in a lot of minutes. You know, I I think that the sky's the limit for this kid. He's been playing really good. He played really good in the first game. I see that he's gonna pan out big time. I mean, the only thing I can anticipate is later on when um uh when we get uh when we get jailed up uh what's his face? 
maybe he can be able to kind of have some time on the bench so that way um that way we can get some other left backs in i would love to see noah allen could it be he's yeah. just acting for the ref i mean i guess that is very argentinian of him i don't know maybe hey um so noah allen isn't there negri i need you to stay healthy after watching this game chris does it make you feel better about the, the season coming up or or how do you feel you feel the same because that's it game one's in the books First time we ever win the first game. We started off with three points. Technically, we're second in the East right now, right, right behind Philly, which we're gonna play on yeah. Saturday. Like, how do you feel after first the first game? We're gonna be undefeated. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know for how long, but we're gonna okay. be undefeated, baby. Probably. That's what I feel. I feel it Saturday. in my veins. Okay, I mean, possibly till Saturday, because I mean, yeah, th- like. You want a, a good test, right? You want a barometer. Like, okay, this is the best, so let's see how we match up against the best. Oh, it's yeah. not going to take us long. Game number two against Philly. Like, I'm glad that we're coming in with some confidence, but, man, it, it's it's quick. We got Philly. They won 4-1. to, four to one. Let me tell you something. I watched that game, and Columbus looked like they were running the show to start the game. I was like, wow, Columbus looks – either Columbus looks really good or Philly isn't as scary as I thought. But then Philly got rolling, obviously. They got those penalty kicks, which helped then. And um, I I thought I was going to be a little more worried about that Philly game before I watched that game between Philly and Columbus. And I suggest yeah. you guys give it a, a, a watch also. I mean, it's not too too bad. They're, they're two good teams. There was a lot of gold, so it's, it's not too bad of a watch. Uh, w- one thing I want to mention about the game, right? Because we didn't hear – we didn't hear uh, – yeah, we so didn't I just, hear – I just saw the, the tie comment, yeah. Oh yeah, no, your comment, yeah, you're coming about that tie. Yeah, it's it's not favorable. Draws are stupid. Well, I, I want to mention something because we didn't get to watch the game on TV or on Apple, and we watched the highlights, right? Ray Hudson, man, fucking miss you, man. Like the play-by-play. Look, everybody is, you know, everybody is in agreement. The play-by-play just was dry. It wasn't great. And there's other games that I was watching highlights for that the play-by-play was fantastic. But the people that were doing the play-by-play and the color commentating on the game, it was rough. It was rough to watch know. that. And Esteban, and one thing I want to mention, Esteban Dito made a, a, a comment about getting the dinosaurs out. Listen, I don't care about dinosaurs. This guy, Ray Hudson, he is an entertaining commentator, play-by-play guy. Uh, he's magisterial yeah he is super magisterial so i'll take ray hudson any day of the week over anybody else well i will tell you i guess you want to start talking about apple tv i I will tell you that all right well let's start from the from the beginning so whenever i watch games in person i you know i sit in the south stand right behind the goal I have a good view of one side of the field, the second side of the field, not as good. So I always feel the need to come back home and watch the game over. So I went back home. It was kind of late. Got home like at midnight, decided I was going to watch it the next morning. I got on and I could not for the life of me figure out Apple TV and how to watch the full game. Now, I eventually figured it out because people on Twitter helped. But let me tell you something. Apple is known for being user friendly. They really need to do some work to make this more user-friendly. Now, if anybody's listening or watching uh, and and you're not sure how to do it, what you have to do is you have to select the game. And once you select the game, you have to scroll down. I I watch it on my PlayStation. You have to scroll all the way down 
to a little icon that says MLS season pass, and you have to hold it down for a couple seconds. Once you hold it down for a couple seconds, then you have the option to watch the full match. Otherwise, the only option you see is watching the recaps. And let me tell you something. That was one of the most frustrating things I've ever had to do for MLS and Apple in recent in, in a while because I wanted to watch this game and I spent the 90 minutes I wanted to spend watching the game trying to figure out how to watch the goddamn game. Now, back to what you were saying about the announcers. Once I so figured basically, that out. I, so mm-hmm. basically what you're saying is you had to play Legends of the Hidden Temple in order to discover what it is you needed to discover and watch a game. Basically. But it, it, it is there. It is there, so that's good. It's just a mission. I mean, once everybody gets used to it, I'm sure like not, it's not going to be an issue yeah. anymore for me. But the first time you do it, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Another thing I noticed before I get into the commentating is a lot of times when I don't get to watch the games necessarily live and I'm going to miss the first half, I just don't watch the game altogether. And then yeah. I go watch it afterwards. But the goddamn score pops up right when you select the game. So like, well, it's so this would have sucked. But if you go into your Apple settings and you go to uh, MLS League Pass or Season Pass, whatever which it's I called, think, Lu- if I'm not mistaken, Lucho Lau actually did that. He showed somebody okay. on Twitter on how to do it. So okay, shout out so, to you, so Lucho Lau. So look for him on Twitter because he might have the visual. I, I, I didn't yeah. get the visual, but you go there and there's an, a, a little area where you can select to turn off. Uh, scores so that they don't go ahead and ruin the score if you haven't seen the game yet so that is a a complete unnecessary thing to do because i tend to watch my games later on if i missed like the first 10 minutes i'm already like okay i already missed the first 10 minutes i'll just watch it later because i used to have dvr and i could start it on my on time i won't be able to do it with apple so make sure you go into settings and go ahead and, and put hide scores now as far as commentating go i have no idea what you're talking about because i watch all my games in spanish so for but me, it's on delay. Radio's like three seconds, six seconds delayed. But what are you talking about? But I was watching the replay. Ah, I see. I oh, see on Apple. On, on Apple, I watched it in Spanish. So I have I have no complaints about the commentating. I thought the commentating was great. Um, the goal calls were great. I, I, I was pleased. The only thing I thought sucked was the audio as far as hearing the crowd. It was very hard to hear the crowd. And also the lighting was really bad. Like I expected Apple and MLS to partner up and give me some great 1080p yeah. HD beautiful image. Like our jerseys look white. My daughter came downstairs and she's like, "Who's playing?" I was like, "Miami." She's like, "I thought they were pink." I was like, "They are wearing pink." She's like, "That looks white." I was like, "You know what? You're right. That does look white." I have no idea. When they showed the close-up replays, you could tell it was pink, but the regular camera view looked white. So those were my 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 gripes with Apple TV. But yeah. I'm sure week one, I'm sure they will fix a lot of it. I don't know if you had a chance to mess with it. Yeah, I've been I've been able to mess around with it a little bit. I mean, I haven't done that, taken off the the, the feature to see the scores. Uh, but I'm gonna do that immediately after the show because I was gonna catch a couple other highlights. So and, and Steve just chiming in, he ain't got no mother effing time to watch no mother effing matches that aren't inter. So he well, wants to I see will... the scores. He wants that heat. <sighs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, Steve, uh, while I was frustrated for those 90 minutes trying to figure out how to watch the Inter game, I decided, well, since I can't watch the Inter game, I'll just watch a bunch of recaps. And let me tell you something. Those seven-minute recaps are awesome because I yeah. felt like I got a good sense 
of every single game that took place this weekend in in seven minute spans. So I think that's an awesome uh, addition that you have in one place, just seven game recaps all over the place. And then they have something that's like top 10 plays of the night. Like they're doing really good things to kind of get like the casual fan interested. It's like, okay, I don't want to watch the full game. I could watch seven minute recap. Oh, I could just go ahead and watch the best goals of the night. So Apple is doing a good job of getting maybe casual fans that that yeah. get this to maybe be a little more interested. And I like that. That I did enjoy. And, I, and if you can't watch the whole game, go ahead and watch the seven-minute clip of Columbus Philly. You'll see Columbus fucking dominated that first half. Now, Philly eventually took over with those penalty kicks and then just overall. But I'm not too scared. I'm not too scared. And and Steve is mentioning here and and Steve is mentioning here in the comments uh, about the 360 show. I haven't had the chance to catch that. Have you, Danny? No, I, actually, I didn't know where to find it. I, I didn't know where to find it because I didn't watch it live. So everything I did was the day after, and I didn't see the 360 show available anywhere. So maybe I are just we didn't are we just it. old? Are we just old here? Like Matthew, That's come very over possible. here, bro. Come fix my phone, man. <laughs> Come fix my phone, Matthew. I'm like, I'm gonna be that old, that old, uh, the old grandpa. Like, oh, change the settings on my TV. Come here, Matthew. Fix that. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to watch the 360. Maybe, maybe it's good. I, I've heard good things. I mean, I will tell you that I did hear good things, but no, I didn't see it at all. Oh, look, Steve said that they don't save it. So if you don't watch it live, you're not seeing it. So, so I mean, unless it's a road game, which I'm still. Fingers crossed that maybe I'll go to the, to the first road game in person, so maybe I won't yeah, get to yeah. watch it to the second road game. But we'll see. I'll have to wait at least two weeks to go ahead and catch the 360. But yeah, man, th- this look this last this past weekend, the game was incredible. The atmosphere was incredible. Got to meet a lot of new people. I love this community, man. I as a person that just got into this sport and just got into this sort of atmosphere i love this community i love what's going on uh it, it's it's been incredible so far and i can't wait for next week next week is going to be intense yeah man i'm really excited for next week uh hopefully the yellow light is open cuz if it's not i guess i'm i'm going to be walking i don't know from where but i'll be at the game i'm not missing that that's for sure uh, a couple other things that I, I did want to touch on real quick. The new Messi rule. Did you hear about this, Chris? Yeah, I read something about this, the new Messi rule that everybody's talking now, it, about. It's not really called the Messi rule, but it's suspicious that all of a sudden they announced that we can buy out players in the middle of the season, right before the second transfer window closes. Now, yeah. why would that be? Well, just in case Messi becomes available. But everybody's like, but that doesn't make any sense. Miami has one DP spot open, so they're good. Well, yeah. it's not that simple. Messi doesn't want to come alone. Messi wants his boy Busquets. Yeah. So as of right now, we have two DP spots full. We have Campana and we have Pizarro. Because but doesn't Campana take a... up like the younger DP spot? It still counts as a DP. Oh. So... Campana takes up one DP, and then we have Pizarro with all the DP, and we have one DP spot open. Some people say that it's still officially technically Gregory, but he's going to get bought down if he hasn't already. So why does that matter? Well, because in the middle of the season, if Messi decides to come, he will take up that DP spot. But if he needs his boy Busquets here, we're still going to need a second DP spot for Busquets. So we go ahead, we buy out Pizarro, 
and we have to bring in Busquets on that second DP. And that's the only reason I believe that this new messy buyout rule ah. has come into existence. We have now that rule for Messi and Busquets. And again, it's no coincidence that out of the first 10 numbers of jersey numbers, there's only two numbers that aren't filled up by anybody. That would be Messi's number 10 and, and Busquets number five. Number five. Yep. That's no coincidence. And I hear that Di Maria, Angel Di Maria, might also be looking into coming to Miami. So we'd have like an influx. You have two Argentinas and a Spaniard coming in to play for us. I look, I don't right know before how Miami. Possibly, I don't know how we could possibly get Di Maria also, but I mean LAFC did it with Gareth Bale signing him to like a a, a Gam Tam or one of those. Look, if Messi comes, I'm sure MLS will make sure that we make him happy and he can bring whoever he wants. I have a feeling that they're just gonna give all the money to Messi and they're just gonna offer Sergio Busquets like a bag of croquetas and a cafe butelo and just call it a day, you know? By by the young abuelitas. Yeah, by the young abuelitas, correct. <laughs> Adrian Busquets is not worth a DP spot. No, he is not, but Messi is, and if that's a requirement, so be it. I mean, yeah. I don't want I, take- I personally don't want Busquets. I don't want him. You want the hot chick, you got to take the ugly girl too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We're going to become the Argentina retirement computer. Slow has-beens. Um, I could see why you would say that, um, Andres. I could see why you would say that. But I think Messi still at, at, at the top of his game. Maybe not, you know, 2012 Messi, but I think he's still playing yeah. at a very high level. And, yeah, I, I understand that we don't want Busquets because he is – like. I, Look, I think he's he's like molasses. He's slow. He's not going to cover a lot of ground. I'd rather have Gregory yeah. back there. But if that's what it takes to get Messi, I'm okay sacrificing the number six and getting Busquets there. Like he can still distribute the ball. No he just can't move as, as fast as he once did. And and Di Maria, eh, look, I'd rather have him than who? Coco? Lasseter? I'm yeah. okay with Di Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, I'll take I just that. Want, I'll just keep Messi happy. Chris. Anything else for the people? One thing I do want to mention, and this I, I didn't mention this to you, but like I mentioned in the show a little bit ago, I took a picture, and I'm putting it up right here, right? That mm-hmm. is a picture from our side looking at the supporter section. And I'm looking at you guys, the supporter section, okay? You guys are the true fucking heroes. Yep. You all need to fucking give yourself a standing ovation because look at that. That was packed, and that was towards the end of the game. During the game, it was even more lit. So everybody that's in the supporter groups, I give you a ton of credit. You know, it's what you guys did, getting everybody together to pack that stadium, to bring the intensity. I give you guys a ton of credit. So that's one picture I wanted to take because I wanted you guys to see exactly what it is that you did, especially for us as fans on the other side. So. And Adrian said, you guys are too far from the party. Yeah, you know what? We, I, I should we're on the other the side of the party. Yeah. I should show you how I watch games. I'm not that guy that likes to go to bars and watch games with people. I like... Really yeah, like, he doesn't like being around people. I like I like lean on the rail in front of me, and I'm just like, just there watching. I, I'm going to take a picture and show it next time. I get it. I get it. It's boring. 
but I, I just like watching like the games. Like I, I, I don't know how you guys, and I appreciate that everybody does it. I think it's fucking <laughs> awesome. But I don't know how you guys are constantly jumping and singing, and then at the same time watching the game. I may, I'm just, I'm dumb. I guess I just can't multitask. I don't know. I just gotta focus in on the game. But man, I remember I fucking, the. La- I'm, so, I'm so glad you guys do it. I, I remember last time we went over to their side. You were in that same position. In the yeah, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think people are looking at me like, dude, get, get hyped. I'm like, I am hyped. But I'm yeah, like, and we're throwing I'll, I'll get hype when we score. My <laughs> mother-in-law's grabbing people's butts all over the place. Like it was, it was, it was a disaster. It was crazy. It was a, a an amazing disaster. My mother-in-law yeah, grabbing right. butts, people throwing <laughs> beer all over the place. And Danny is just there like stone arm. Looking dude, I like, I, I, I've, like I said, when I'm watching the game at my house, like I, People are like, oh, let's all go watch the game together at somebody's house. I'm like, I kind of just want to watch the game and focus in. Like, I don't know. I, I, It's corny. I get it. It's corny. But, I mean, I just like to watch the game. But I have gone over to the North Stand a few times. We, yeah, last year, yeah. we went there three or four times we were out there. So, yeah, we usually yeah, go out there yeah. with our boy Wilson. So, Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we'll now, we'll, Steve, what happened, yeah. Danny? I was saying that maybe we'll make it out there soon. But, um, well, but yeah, that's how I usually watch my game, just, just staring at it. <laughs> well, uh, Steve Munoz is holding a bag of trees for us when we get there. So hopefully they're palm trees. <laughs> All right. Anything else for the people, Chris? No, man, that is it. It is time to sign off until we meet some Philly guys on Wednesday. So tune in. Yeah, to man. That. What, what's your first question? Because my first question is going to be, what the hell is dupe? D-O-O-P. That's their hashtag for everything. And I, I don't know. I don't get it. I think poop when I see dupe. I don't know. I don't I don't understand. I that's that's my first question. I don't know. My first question is gonna be is uh is Philadelphia Freeway is Freeway is uh if he's a if he's a Hall of Fame rapper in their eyes. <laughs> what and young no. Chris and Neef, aren't they from Philly too? Chris and Neef or the I forgot their yeah, from Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Philly guys yeah. too, right? Philly was like hard in 2004, 2005-ish. You know what? I am going to tell them that Philly cheesesteaks, not that they suck, but the best ones I've had have been here in Miami. So what? We'll see how that goes. I'm lying. I'm lying. I just want to piss them off. All right. <laughs> so if nothing else, we will catch you guys on Wednesday when we have uh, – man, I forgot. I think his name was Tommy. Tommy from uh, the Free Cake Podcast, Philly Union Podcast. And uh, till then – Hope you guys have a good one. Peace. And we're going to have new hats. (laughs) We are going to have new hats, yeah.